So I think that was our Femme Fatale episode. And uh, now it's time to get serious with a serious movie. Widows, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Our go date is in three days. The night of the debate. Now all of our work is worth nothing if we don't move this money in fast. The notebook says $5 million. That's exactly the amount of money Mulligan was accused of taking in commission kickbacks. So over here we have $2 million. 20 Tupperware boxes, each box has $100,000 in $100 bills. It weighs 44 pounds. Now over here we have $2 million. 40 Tupperware boxes, each box has $50,000 in $50 bills. It weighs 88 pounds. I feel like I'm in school. Tell me about it. We gotta start thinking like professionals. We're in business together. There's not going to be some cozy reunion. After this job, we're done. We have three days to look and move like a team of men. The best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off. There's another reason I wanted to bring you on for this one. There's no scissoring this time. Of course, you told me there's no scissoring in Femme Fatale, and that didn't stop me. Videos on the internet, I assure you. This is a uh, Dave. We're just gonna roll into it. Uh, returning guest. Sorry, Hyro. Uh, you probably this is probably a true Marcus played for him, where he's like, all right, enough. This is hell. Yeah. Like, um, do I listen to my favorite podcast and have to listen to Dave? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, yeah, very much an Eastern Promises moment from there because I assume he listens to Sober Cinema in the Buff, and now he just. He can't. He's reaching for the clothes yeah. so to put back on. <laughs> <clears throat> but you're you're coming back uh, in the following week, which uh, the way I edit these means the, the following six months later when I when I get this out. Uh, but we're going to do a what's this a two year anniversary on Widows? Yeah. Um, it's a, a recent it feels like longer. Jesus. Recent release, uh, <laughs> Dave. Okay, so when we talked to Finn Fatale, I don't think I dropped the numbers. I had a forty-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually higher than I would have anticipated. Mm. But Widows, Dave, and you're an, uh, a world-renowned hater of lesbians <laughs> and widows. Um, widows has a ninety-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Lesbians have ninety-nine percent, and you are the one, Dave. You're the one percent. <laughs> Did you say I'm a hater of lesbian widows? Is that is that where we're at? Probably, because you hate lesbians. So, actually, maybe you like them, because that means there's a dead lesbian somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Defend yourself, Dave. And also, at some point, talk um, about the movie. <laughs> I don't even know to begin with that. Um, I'll just drop so a trailer. Widows is not, widows is not a terrible movie. Um, for me, it's it has a lot to do with expectation, Given that Steve McQueen is the director and this kind of really amazing cast, I was like, this is going to be great. And it was okay. It was fine. And it just kind of laid there. Uh, much, uh, like a disgusting much to my chagrin. Post scissoring. Yeah, there it is. Thank you. Thank you for you. <laughs> Post scissoring. Yes. Yeah. And it just, uh, it's, it's kind of predictable and kind of silly. And there's like two or three standout scenes. And one of them, uh, there are no women in that scene. So. No that wonder it's a standout for you. <laughs> no chance of lesbians. <laughs> I uh, I'm also on the record, um, unfortunately, kind of agreeing with with Dave, uh, and I hated that. God, I hate it so much because when this came out, everyone loved it, and I um, I was in that. Uh, well, I was a hater of this movie, and then I said it was okay. It's all right. 
Um, so that makes you a hater when something is this well regarded. And a misogynist, don't forget. That also makes you a misogynist. I don't know so. how I can be considered a misogynist because <laughs> I fucking love the ladies on this show and I want them to do everything. <laughs> everything. My point. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You see, you can't win with Dave, Jared. You go on Twitter, he'll twist your words to, to make yep. you evil and vile when really the, the most vile thing... That moment, just can't win with Dave. That's going to be <laughs> my, my intro to every episode I ever do, because it's true. I, will I think that should worse. just be uh, every episode of a podcast directed by, and then you just play the music, and then we don't have to do this shit anymore, Dave. You can just come <laughs> on and talk about the important stuff. I want to hear from Jared, because I know Grandpa Hiro is saying, bring on the nasty Hellcat, but I don't think, unless you've hidden this from me, Jared, like you hide too many things of your life from me, uh, <laughs> I don't think you had seen Widows, where this is fairly recent, recent. We didn't have a conversation about it, so I want to hear your uh, fresh viewpoint, uh, if you have one, where Dave and I were, uh, well, Dave was attacked, because um, my audience <laughs> loves me, they, and they love Everything I say. Well, Mike also doesn't make appearances on social media, so he can't be attacked. Exactly. He just hides like Smart, the coward man. he is behind his microphone. I want people to come to the social media that is subscribed to Sober Cinema. That's my social media account. And I talk to you. You don't talk back to me. That's how that works. <laughs> yeah, that is the dream. The one-way conversation. Yeah. All right. I'm talking to Jared, Dave. I'm talking to Jared now. There's a two-way conversation. That's all I need in my life. Jared, Thank tell you. me your secrets. Tell me what you think of Widows. Oh, no. Oh, it's going to be negative all Same the way. Sound. Same sound. <laughs> I saw the reviews on it. Because I was what I I rarely go on and look at the review before I watch the movie because I don't want to have any sort of expectation <clears throat> of it, which I can be you know if I see it it has a really high Rotten Tomatoes score I <clears throat> tend to be easier on it, but I was getting through this movie and I just I was curious, and I go on and I see ninety one percent of critics. And it blew my ever-loving mind. Like, I thought this would be like a 60 or a 70 or something. Like, Generous. You know, like, pretty much like echoing what you guys are saying. Like, this is fine. It's okay. It's, you know, I, I tell you, my problem is, is that, like, it never really established. You know, whenever a movie goes in so many different directions, I hate it. Like, it, it can't figure out if it's a statement on race or, you know, feminism or if it's just going to be a heist movie. It, it doesn't really achieve any of that. Like... It's a mess, an absolute mess. That is the uh, top top review on Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, I don't really know how that works, Dave. Like, what what do they elevate to the very first thing you see? Um, because this is uh, Ben Sachs of the Chicago Reader, which maybe that's it. Maybe the Chicago element. Well, I think I think they try to mat like because you know once they get all the reviews, they have like here's the consensus, and I think the top review is usually something that closely matches the the general consensus well, this is a, or uh, something that is like outlandish in one direction or the other. All right. This is a splat then. So this is one of the few and uh, it kind of mirrors what Jared was saying. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Sachs of the Chicago reader says McQueen sets a relentlessly uh, portentous tone and employs lots of stark uh, mace on scene, but all the fuss feels arbitrary here. Uh, the pulpy story simply doesn't warrant such grave stylization, which is a lot of uh, ten cent words in there. But that is on scene, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I kind of feel what he's saying and what Jared is saying, and that 
in some ways it feels like the director of Steve McQueen. And I, I don't mind when a director is like, hey, genre fair can be elevated. You know, you, you can right. have an L.A. Confidential, which is very pulpy, right. but it, it's great. Or an Inside Man. Like you can, yeah, yeah, there you, you go. Have that work. You yeah. can listen to that episode on a podcast directed by, but I would advise that you don't. <laughs> I would advise you to. And I think if you've listened to this show, you know not to listen to Mike. So I think that's totally don't right tell there. don't tell the listeners like of Sober Cinema to like, <laughs> hey, you're not going to get more of this because yes. they love this. The millions and millions of <laughs> listeners. Yes, eight, eight, buddy. <laughs> And you'll take them. You need those eight, too. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Come on over. You're welcome. They'll hate you, Dave. They, they, they're already They already, <laughs> they already do. You. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take hate listens. That's fine. I, I would, too. I try to poke the bear any way I can there, as long as it doesn't involve me tweeting. <clears throat> but it, in some regards, it feels like McQueen, it comes across to me more like he's kind of embarrassed just to do a normal heist movie. And so what Jared's saying as far as... You know, there's a, um, it's not unimportant, but it, the dynamic of the relationship between Viola Davis and Liam Neeson, which is what gets the, the ball moving here, is that he's the thief and she's aware in some capacity of how they make their money, but she's not directly involved. She doesn't participate in the heist or the planning. He is killed uh, along with the other men and his crew and so now we're going to deal with as the title says the widows of that particular crew uh the people they've stolen from uh, the sort of politicians that they had in their pocket that maybe they don't now and how they pick up the pieces what seems to have created the great divide in their marriage as the film goes on is that their black son uh is killed by a cop in a random sort of traffic stop that is just sort of dropped in the middle of this. And while it explains a lot as yeah. far as how these two people drifted away from each other in their marriage, um, you easily could have dropped that. And I felt like, because I watched this one theatrically, and when that came up, you felt the whole vibe and the audience change. We're like, oh, this is a yeah. this is a serious movie now. This is about <laughs> serious things. And eventually you're going to have cool chicks saying like cool badass things to each other like... You know, you best watch how you talk to me. Uh, they slap each other. I know Dave was not a fan of that. And Jared and I were like, how far will this go? Does this lead to a pillow <laughs> fight? <laughs> and it doesn't. So everyone's disappointed. Right. So, but when you have something that's so topical and such a, not a touchy subject, but it's something that demands a certain degree of um, introspection, oh, introspection and thoughtfulness about it. And it's just put in the middle as far as, oh, this is why uh, maybe this particular thief uh, can no longer be honest with his wife is because his son was killed by a racist cop. It's like, okay, that's a whole lot. And it kind of, it, it puts a stranglehold a little bit for me on the heist element. Like, I kind of want this to be like a, uh, like a black exploitation film in the 70s where it's like badass women, Pam Greer, uh, taking back yes. their money from the men. And, and it feels like McQueen. the trailer was setting up. Yeah, like, and it's there. But it feels yeah. like McQueen, like he's decided, no, 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 we're we're not we're better than normal heist movie. Look at our reviews; they say well, we're better. That, yeah, look at that your stuff box doesn't... office numbers. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> All right, Dave, stop being mean. Jared's going to try to. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's not that this stuff doesn't have a place in a movie, but maybe don't put it in a heist movie. Is the only thing I'm saying. Like. I didn't get to the middle of the Fast and the Furious, and all of a sudden there's like 15 minutes on the Bill of Rights or something like it's fucking. We got to. We got. I mean, I don't know. It's like 
I'm imagining just, which Fast and Furious part would have that. Like, if they keep continuing, Jared, <laughs> they may have to go that direction at some point. There's the sigh again. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's just, yeah, it, it wasn't the, the impression that I got from watching, like, the trailers and seeing the poster for the movie. It's like, you know, again, I'm willing to go have this leap of faith that these women that as the kids say ain't about that life uh <laughs> suddenly go into being thieves <laughs> and such but like you, you litter all of these like really like important things that you have to pay mind to and like you said it takes you out of the moment it's like but what about the money what about the bang bang and the <laughs> like what the heist that's what we're here for when you actually get to the the bang bang, Jared said, it feels rushed and kind of stupid. Like there's all this planning, and there's it's there's the a way to do that. Heist ever where, <laughs> like yeah, like there's an interesting movie on. We're gonna plan, we're gonna plan, we're gonna plan, and then when it happens, because it, it makes it feel kind of like you're more in the moment, like that adrenaline rush, like everything happens so fast and gets out of control very fast. It gets out of control in kind of a stupid way, as far as. Like, oh, there's someone that's here that we didn't expect to be here. Go to your room. <laughs> like, right. And you have another character. It feels like it's just dropped in. Like, uh, do you you know think they're going to do anything? And they're like, no, no, she's good. She's cool. And it's like, what do you mean she's cool? Like, <laughs> like you're, you're supposed to be hardened criminals. And I know they're playing the part of hardened criminals and they're not. But still, I feel like part of maybe the adrenaline rush would work the opposite way where maybe they would make the mistake out of fear of doing something over the line as opposed to being, we're not criminals. We don't do those things. Like, I feel like they would maybe shoot first and then freak out. Instead, they, they allow things to happen to a point to where they put themselves in a fix. And then the film doesn't have much interest in following through on their mistakes. It's like, well, they made a mistake. They lost the, their, their getaway vehicle. Uh, two seconds later, they get it back. <laughs> they're like yeah. let's just yeah. run into the vehicle and we'll just take well, the money and now we'll be in a different vehicle the obstacles that they present to them like if you can't pistol whip professional ghoul robert duvall that shot the shit out of me seeing how old he's gotten like i was like oh god the crypt keepers <laughs> <laughs> i'll just like drop in the n-word like jesus pretty uh like, uh, you're used to saying that word. I am uncomfortable yeah, just, with this. They're just I don't taping like Duval behind going. the scenes. Just watch Sling Blade again uh, for pleasure, which tells you a little bit about me, where it's like, not for a podcast. I'm like, you know what <laughs> I'm in the mood for? The pandemic is really getting you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm in the mood for Dwight Yoakam as the greatest adoptive uh, <laughs> father of all time. Because he actually drops so, one of my favorite phrases where he calls the kid a weird little shit. He's like, you're a weird little shit and I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> but Duvall is in that movie, and uh, even there, old Carl, uh, wielding the, the sling blade, uh, knows what's up. He knows that he's a vile man, a crypt keeper, as Jared said. And he's like, <laughs> what is his line in that movie? If all you're going to do is sit in that chair there, I guess there's no reason to kill you. I wish the women had kind of taken that tack with him. If all you're going to do is just gonna yeah. sit there like a decrepit, old, disgusting man that Jared wants off the screen. Um, it, it's funny to me, Jared, that Duvall never knows a looker, and now you're like, oh, not, you're too old to be in movies. <laughs> oh, well, you watch. He's looked the damn same for like 40 years, and then all of a sudden it like fell off a they cliff. Like 50 years. 
Yeah, it like hit him all at once. Like, Jesus Christ, the years of. Do you think that's from going bald so early, Jared? Because I was like, in the Godfather oh, movies, God. he's a young oh, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> His stress has worn him down. Oh, it's, I'm in trouble. Yeah, Jared, it's all going to catch up with you at once because in The Godfather, he had the same exact hairline as he does now. And uh, yeah. Uh, all right, I have a question to both of you. Okay. Let's get back into femme fatale mode. Let's get into the like, okay, good. Old, old pervy radio hour. Are we talking about Elizabeth really Debicki now? How, da- you ruined it, Dave. I was about to ask the <laughs> question, like Jeopardy here. <laughs> Which yeah. one do you want? Is that essentially what Yeah. <laughs> Which widow for Mike? <laughs> Clearly, a little bit to Vicky. I mean, come on, this is your type. I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely know which one Mike's going for. Mm. Mm. (laughs) The Polish one. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) I will say this: I was surprised at uh, Viola Davis when she got in the uh, tank top. She is a better figure than I thought. See, I think you're appreciating sure more. She be pleased. Well, okay, Dave. <laughs> you officially have my stamp, Viola. <laughs> you got an Emmy, a Tony, an Oscar, and now you have the Jared seal of approval. But that's actually a good point, Jared. Why? Why is she not being presented as more of like a Clooney, Ocean's Eleven? Like I, I realize the tone is very different, but she could be like the sexy cool one as opposed to the grieving sad woman leading this especially given how the movie opens up i mean it opens up with her and her husband making out in bed like it's it's all set and Liam neeson looks like he wants to swallow her fucking head like jesus christ that is i imagine now based on jared's comments if he ever meets her that's (laughs) that's gonna be a sunday morning for jared Listen, I mean, no. doors open, Viola. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, as I was watching this again, which I never wanted to do, uh, mm-hmm. so thanks for that. Thanks You're for welcome. giving me this fucking thanks for this fucking homework. Now you know how um, I feel I just, with those long, long months on a podcast. But times ten, yes, Ugh. it's true. I feel like I'm still coming out ahead in the steel. <laughs> um, I kept thinking how much better this movie would be if instead of trying to kind of follow all of these characters plot lines if it had like one character from the outside coming into this plan and kind of slowly figuring things out but because it's so spread out over all these characters it at some point you stop caring you're just like can we just get to the fucking heist like i just and then the heist comes and it's a big disappointment and it's like if you would just like narrow the focus a little bit there's promise here. This could be a really good movie. And I know Gillian Flynn can write a good thriller. She's certainly done that before. Um, so you have that opportunity here and it just never works out. And then you like, I love Colin Farrell and just about everything, but you cast him in this role where he has to do this God awful Chicago accent for the whole movie. And you're just like, what, how do you take this seriously? Like there's so many Chicago moments accent? in this movie. I didn't even that realize. Was, that, oh, okay. I've, oh, I've... It's, horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Why? Like, why even try? Like when he he's got such a a great accent on his own, I, I realize he can't play that all the time. But like, who cares? Whatever. I don't even right. care that you don't even have to explain it to me. Just say you went to boarding school. I don't give a shit. Whatever. I mean, like we talked about this, I think, on other podcasts. But this is what they do with Fassbender, right? He can never totally get rid of the Irish. So they they, they throw in a, a line here. They sprinkle a line like, "Oh, well, he's originally from Dublin, but he's been here for mm-hmm. twenty years. Sure. So fine." 
like that's, that's all you have to do. But this is just like, ugh. you can't talk too much shit about uh, Fassbender here because uh, I haven't released the episode because that was part. Of, <laughs> it's now November, and that was part of Simp September in October. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> but Jared. Uh, this is how, you know, Fassbender should have apparently won the Oscar for Steve Jobs because Jared is a notorious hater of Steve Jobs, the man, the actual human. He was glad when he died. I think those Decrepit. are Jared's words. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, coming in hot. <laughs> I was hoping that Swayze would be spared. I think that was my view on it. Was I would give up Steve Jobs if he would save Patrick Swayze. No context whatsoever. Just roadhouse over iPhones. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm into this. Roundhouse kids. Jared, you did just get a new iPhone, correct? No, it's still on hold. Oh, okay. So you're still wishing the man death. I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My point Paris was, though. all your fault, Steve. Jared actually was a big fan uh, of Steve Jobs. And I thought mm-hmm. I thought I was putting out grade A material to make Jared angry. It was going to be a great episode of Sober Cinema. And then it mostly stinks because it's me and Jared doing the Chris Farley show <laughs> yep. where it's like, you know, the best moment yep. about Steve Jobs. I like this part. I like when he says he's going to make an iPod. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have talked about the fucking nonsense happening on the walls that Danny Boyle just can't leave well enough alone. Yeah. That's the part of the movie that's you know, so. Jared and I, we're, we're, we're virile men. We're just looking at the physical beings on the screen. So you get uh, Michael Fassbender. Better off. The, yeah, the glasses. We're, I want to talk about Elizabeth Debicki, and you like, you just kind of shot that in the foot because you're like yeah we know mike we know breadsticks we got it <laughs> yes you and your breadsticks you are consistent uh but it, you know given the choice i think you're making the right choice here i mean hello jared presented um, an interesting I'm, case i'm enjoying this version of widows where my good buddy jared is in the liam neeson role and i think things turn out better because i don't think he ever strays i think he's no, just no, like man this is would, great it would be better yeah and you wouldn't that. have this you wouldn't have this predictable nonsense of like, we're not going to show you he's dead, but he's definitely dead. Don't worry about it. Like, ugh. Viola, <laughs> Viola is weird in that she always looks angry, even when she's happy, even when she's sad. Like, that would be the only thing is like, I know that's completely <laughs> would it, would it weird. Put you tangent. on the edge, Jared. Oh, <laughs> no, no. I'm kind of into that. <laughs> I can't tell what you're feeling here. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that'd be good for your heart, Jared, if you're constantly feeling like she's about to attack you, or you're just always nervous that you've done something wrong. Spice of life. Always on edge. That's right. I don't really know how to follow that, because my head, my imagination's running too fast on on this fake relationship that Jared has. Viola Davis pouncing on me, and you don't know Widows whether it's to slap me or... If we're focusing on that. Yeah, I've already punched it up hell out of this <laughs> i uh jared you know i've been in uh situations uh-huh. where you've been with a, a lovely lady i would never uh interrupt such a thing like that uh, i would just let uh romance take its course even You're if she only... was mean mugging you the entire time that's fine. only damn person i've ever seen that gets a lap dance to be a scout like you're not <laughs> even going back there for you you're going back there to see a black ass slap me in the face like <laughs> What is wrong? I don't, Dave. Do you see anything wrong with that? That that sounds like good friendship to me. That's I keep telling like Jared this. Team. How good of a friend I am, and uh, you're in, you're in the iMessage threads, and all you keep hearing is how he has uh, physically assaulted me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when all I all I did was uh, play a simple juvenile prank, and I get you know thrown. I get a, an otter box thrown to the face. 
Um, and I just won't be supportive of Jared. I will make sure that, you know, okay. he's, he's fine in that, uh, in the champagne room, that nothing's stolen from him, that all he's getting is just cheeks against his cheeks and everything's well, good. I mean, you have, you have had friends who have had things stolen from them in that situation. So, but I don't care uh, about them. That's yeah, the point, exactly. Jared. That's the point. <laughs> Look at how much he loves you, Jared. Just say they, thank you. Jesus. They don't need my money when we have our other drunk idiot friend unloading his wallet. Like, just fucking take it all. Oof, take all of it. I love you. <laughs> yeah, I just let them make. They can just explain that later to their. Their oh, wife. Jared. Whatever. Jared, please, please tell. Let me tell my wife I bought the bottle. <laughs> so that's our episode of Widows. We end with our strip club days, and I think we did a service to this these uh, women on film uh, doing doing a man's job, I guess, and we hated it. Uh, Dave stays on track. Uh, says he liked it better when uh, women. Uh, weren't on screen or they were in the kitchen True. on screen Is you know that... this movie needed more john bernthal that's actually what i was thinking so that's right yeah in line. the uh <laughs> domestic violence guy picking on my lady that's, right. that's... you're terrible dave uh do you want to pimp anything out uh, we're doing on podcast direct by and when i say we i mean that i'm just waiting for my cue to speak and then <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> i don't listen to anything you say just turn on the light the red light that's right. So uh, Mike and I host a podcast called A Podcast Directed By, where we take a look at certain directors and go through all their movies. And we're kind of in the midst now of starting our David Fincher watch. Um, so if you want to hear Mike in pain and forced to toe hmm. a line, unlike on this show, hmm. you should that's follow the, A Podcast Directed By. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Directed By Pod. Trying to trying to buck up against the uh, the, the medium there and uh, at least it's Fincher. I mean, you got that yep. going for you. But we recently did the greatest seven episode of all time on this feed. So <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, we just skip seven, and I'll just like just give me a copy of that, and I'll put it on my. I was about to say. Here. <laughs> I just request you it just become a clip show about our previous episode on Sober Cinema, and it's, then you can be like Mike. I mean, it would make me happy because that I mean, legitimately is one of my favorite podcasts I've ever listened to. I laughed through that whole thing. So, Mike, here's the so, excellent point so you made where. Uh, the uh, serial killer should just attack politicians. And uh, I even wondered when I put that up, I'm like, should I put this up on a public feed? That's eh, fine. Yes. They've got their own problems trying to, to drag that guy out of the White House. <laughs> they don't they don't care what's going on in sober cinema. Neither do you listeners, because this was an episode with Dave. We apologize. <laughs> right. You're welcome. Sorry. What <laughs> so happens if you try to class up the joint? It's mm -hmm. all, all but it ends. Down. It's over it's now. I think, I think Hyro, Grandpa right. Hyro is Never next up to again. that. Uh, and we are doing, you're going to like this day. Talk about a little... step down. Jesus Christ. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> we are going to do the 10 year anniversary of love and other drugs with Hyro. And do you remember what that's about? And I don't think I ever boobs. saw it. <laughs> that uh, is about right. the creation that... of Viagra. So we're going to talk to a man who knows a lot about <laughs> how life altering <laughs> that was. <laughs> Yes, there it is. What a parting shot, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> scotch on the rocks please any scotch will do as long as it's not a blend of course uh single malt plenolivet plenfittic perhaps maybe a blend gown any blend i'm thirsty i want a beer what about you you want a beer
just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. That is disgusting. Uh, Jamie! I didn't know you were coming home! Oh! Hey, listen. It's not what it looks like, okay? Well, it kind of is, but okay, just chill. Yeah, chill. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I just caught my brother masturbating while watching me have sex. Well, I was focusing on her. Oh, her! You mean my girlfriend? No! I'm sorry. Not on her! On her body parts! Does the video make everything look bigger? Because I didn't think her tits were that big. And then I saw you and I was like, what did an anaconda get loose on the bed? This is so twisted. Do you think dad's big? I mean, he was when we were kids, but then everything's bigger when you're a kid. Right? Fine! Okay, sorry! My self-esteem would prefer that you not have a bigger penis than me right now, that's all! Don't be mad. Run, Josh. No! Run, Josh. Come on, Josh! We can talk about this like men! No, it's okay!